Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures where we chat fishing, boating and the great outdoors. All thanks to our good mates at Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au. One of Australia's most reputable anglers, Aaron Hapgood, joins me as always. Morning, Redmond. Good morning, Patrick. And uh, beautiful Mogs putting on a show during the week. I don't know if you yes, seen I the photo. Did. did you? I thought you might have seen the photo. Bioluminescence. Yes. yes. And I'm it was getting in- straight into it today. Well, it was great to see because I was driving back uh, late in the afternoon and um, I see it on one of the, the local uh, 3231, which is the sort of local Facebook page. And. Uh, there was I a thought post. I was going to say it was your gang. No, there was a post by the Fairhaven Surf Life Saving Club. Don't go swimming. And clearly that was not heard from people travelling down to the region from uh, Melbourne and et cetera. Because of the, the bioluminescence. Yeah, well, uh, yes, absolutely. Yep. It's a red algae. It's not bad for you. Well, that was just what was posted, Aaron. I'm not saying They should just stick to shark watching. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> they, uh, maybe they should. But it was a, incredible to see. For those at Planet Home that don't know what it is, bioluminescence is an algae. And during the day, it's pink, and you'll be out in the water chasing tuna or whatever you're doing, and there's just paddocks of it, Pat, like literally paddocks of pinkness along the surface. It's and so you're strange, just, isn't I've it? I've been yeah. on anchor, and it's just come around me on anchor, and it's just a thick layer of it. And then overnight, when you, I guess, act, I'll call it activate it, when you travel through it or it's disturbed, it turns, it turns blue. It goes fluorescent, fluorescent. blue, like yes. a color that you can't even. Yeah, if you it looks get that fake. color in a car. Yeah, that's. It looks like a light that's, like you said, fluorescent blue, but like a light that's generating it. It's really, really cool. And the, I've had it multiple times where I'm traveling at night or early morning, and you're traveling, and I've never like multiple times, and you're traveling, and all of a sudden, it's like an oil. It's like, hang on, this comes fluorescent with, oil, yeah. and then you look at your hands afterwards, like with a flashlight. It's like. But there's nothing in there. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like yeah. it's it's like you know those kids' textures you get that you need to wet exactly. the texture to make it appear. It's like that, and then you'll be travelling in the middle of darkness, and that you can't see it, and then all of a sudden it hits your boat and it activate like <laughs> activates it, it <laughs> and it explodes blue fluorescent lights all around you, and it's and it's we've uh, got it all over our coast at the moment down here in Victoria. We've got it right around our coast from Ocean Grove, and I just saw that cracking photo of mogs it had mogs all lit up in the background yes. you can see your palace up on the hill there and, <laughs> <laughs> and the beautiful blue lights in front yep, of it there so it, is. Yep. it was uh no, it's, it's a cool little thing and something else that's cool and i know you love watching your fishing shows i'm a little bit hit and miss on them these days because i guess it is a job patrick and uh yes. something that i fell in love with and it's not new it's no, been, been around, around a while it yep. has been around a long time young bloods yep so it's not for new. Those don't, unfamiliar, don't, don't get me wrong. I know everyone knows what this is. It's a well. YouTube has really taken over the planet when yes. it comes to I, I think fishing, having children. content, <laughs> and and what people watch. Yeah. I think we're slowly and probably in recent times quickly moving away from um, 
Channel. commercial yep. TV around fishing shows. Because and there's no cost. What? Yeah, and what you get on YouTube, it is just incredible. And the, some of the lives that these guys are living, like Brody Moss. Brody Moss, that's right. You know, travelling the outback of Western Australia, he's got some great commercial deals. The boat that he's got is just one of the most amazing. He's got a like a flybridge on top of it. Yeah, it's a, I don't even know what it was from memory, but I've been... I've only watched probably, when I say only, I reckon I found it three nights ago. Not found it, like, I decided to watch it three nights ago because it had a crayfish, one of the painted crays on it, and Finn yes. goes, Daddy, watch that, watch that. I'm like, all right, we'll put it on. And I'm like, what is it? Young Bloods. I'm like, oh, this is what everyone talks about because I don't often watch fishing shows. And sure enough, I got stuck watching it, and I reckon I've watched a dozen episodes. If you do want to watch something that is out of this planet, yeah. A bloke that's yep. got balls, he literally, he I'll give him credit, he has... Swimming a, with sharks, he's got... Tiger sharks. The, the oh. attack his stand-up paddleboard. He is, exactly, but he does stuff that's relatable. Like, he paddles around on a stand-up paddleboard fishing, like, well, on a jet ski. Like, he does... He, but Genesis Craft is the... Genesis, boat. that's what uh, our very good friend of the James Patterson who crashed his... Genoa, Genoa doesn't he have a Genoa? No, 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 no that's a Genoa. Genoa. This is Genesis with a G. Genesis with Plate. a G. Plate boat, twin three hundreds on his, with what he's rolling with on the on the back of it. It's a um, oh, it's a beautiful boat. But that, do you think you get sick of? Like, obviously, it's one thing to see something on social media and and how it's painted in terms of this life that you're living. I don't reckon he does. You know, no, reckon, no. You reckon it's as good. Do as you know it's why? Made up and this be. is not having a dig with anyone that has any disorder, but he has ADD and he's proud to. to yeah, proud he talks to, about he, it. Often. He's very proud to speak about it. Yep, he's full on. Like and he he entertains himself the whole time. Like you're watching it, and he's he's so just energetic. Trips. For yeah, it. he's yep. so energetic, but he's not energetic where he annoys you. Like he's not annoying you. Like I get annoyed with all that you and all that surfy crap does my head in. Oh, I can't stand that side of things. <laughs> he doesn't do that to annoy you for some reason. He it's like nature. He gets yeah. off on the nature aspect of like seeing a well, whale shark and then jumping in the water and swimming, with or it. patting a blue ring octopus, which is one of the stupidest things you can do. But he pats it and he goes, "That's the best thing in the world. How good was that?" Like he. Yeah. Lives for this stuff, and I've literally I would love to do that sort of stuff with my my children. Like I would honestly love to do that. It would, unfortunately, here in Victoria, we'd die in thirty seconds if we stayed in a pitched up tent in Port Phillip Bay with the weather that we had and the freezing cold weather. But he is in WA. It's there's untouched. A f- it's there's just- a few uh, there's a few Australians doing pretty amazing things in this space. Like there's obviously Brody and Young Bloods, but there's also sailing. Uh, Vagabond, I think it's the exact I name. follow a couple on social media and, as well. This is a couple that literally 10 years ago took off and decided to sail around Australia, and then they, you know, YouTube takes off. They've had a couple of kids since, and they've built boats, and they've, like, they're literally uh, sailing around the world, and they make a living off YouTube from yep. it um, on, on sort of, you know, and they, they hire people now to produce their content, um, and they make a living off, you know, telling the stories of... Of sailing around the world. Well, for those that do a great job, like the people you've just spoken about there, and like Brody Moss, like they do a great job. We should, we got to continue to watch these things because there's also a lot of crap out there because it's so accessible YouTube. Yeah. So like to yeah. watch and support these guys are actually literally. It's a great it's product amazing. they produce. It's a product yeah. that I watch it and I'm envious the whole time, like in a great way. Like I'm going, this it motivates me. It makes me want to do things. And yeah. he's given his brother a full time job. He's given his dad a full time job. Really he's amazing. got a full time videographer. Yeah. He's got his partner that I'm not sure, but she's from overseas. But I think she might be living here now. I know she had dramas through COVID, but 
like Amazing. all these people are living a great life now that that actually deserve it. So good, good on them. Uh, your week in fishing. Let's talk about it. Yeah, um, warmth at the end of the week or middle of the week, Pat. Yeah, some really good captures as well. Let's talk first the whiting. How are you targeting them? Yeah. So the whiting, we had the much better tides this week before yep. the moon coming up. I think it's next week. With whiting, were very good. So. Just around that Queenscliff area, once that calmer weather kicked back in on Wednesday-ish, I headed offshore and I was doing the. I filmed with Craigo for a couple of days on the Wednesday, Thursday, and we did offshore flathead, yep. which is an under-targeted species. Yeah. Uh, I, we spoke about it last week. Copped a bit of crap for keeping them, but they are just beautiful eating fish. Yeah, I we went out and I kept I kept my bag again because I'd rather go eat my flatties from the ocean and give a couple of friends and family something buy stuff from the shop so it's, it's a very sustainable thing in the ocean and there's so many of them they're beautiful sized fish in the ocean and they're great to target as well as at the same time we did mako sharks also how are you targeting flathead for those that want to go out yep. offshore what's the best practice behind all right I've got my day off coming up how am I how am I hitting them virtually any sandy bottom yep. as such you're going to catch flathead. It, they, they inhabit that area, whether, no matter where you are in the bays or inlets or offshore like you've just mentioned. And you just want to make sure you're on the bottom. That's the biggest key. So once you hit you're, bottom, what? then yep. let's talk rigs. Yeah, so you're fishing in, say, for instance, 40 metres of water. Yep. We'll just average it out, 40 metres. It is crucial to have your sinker on the bottom. This is the number one thing. Because when you're drifting for flathead, you want to drift. You want to have a nice drift for them. And as you're drifting for flathead... What you want to do is drift, drift, drift. But as you tend, the wind picks up, your sinker can come up off the bottom and you might not be getting a bite for ages. So it's crucial to make sure you're a bit heavier than lighter because flatheads live on the ground. And that comes into the rig as well. So you want to make sure that your rig is... Uh, also on the on the bottom, the bait on the bottom. I'm trying to say is so you want an extended Patnoster rig. So you want a nice dropper where your sinker sits. And how heavy on that sinker? That's gonna. It's up to you on the day. It's literally up to you. Uh, we had beautiful. We had beautiful weather. So no wind. I've got really nice ounce, weather. I mean, ounce. forty meters of water. Yep. Yeah. I was using a four ounce. It's nicer on the rod. But then by the I think two hours into it, after we're about to come home, the wind had picked up to about ten knots. I was up to an eight ounce. Yep. So I changed. And you just snap it on, snap it off. How, it's how just you... through the swivel. So yep. it's just a loop. So yep. just a loop through the swivel on and you can change it adjustable. So it's just literally a loop. So extended pattern Osterix, so you're coming down from your braid. Braid is a must out there. 40 metres of water. Because you want to feel. Like you want to feel everything. The reason with braid, obviously, is the fact that there is very, very little minimal stretch braid compared to monofilament. Mono sucks. I hate mono. Yep. <laughs> we won't get into that conversation, but mono in the ocean, 40 metres out, yep. plus your drift angle. Say it's 50 metres from you, it stretches 22%. It's a long way to actually to feel vibes. Yep. And you'll notice it straight away. It feels like you're holding a spring in your hand. It's yeah. a pain yep. in the backside. So, what about uh, so that extended paternoster? What's the minimum sort of you can get away with in terms of pound line? Or just go ahead? I just run, I just run, I'm running my snapper rods. For flathead. Yep. So I'm running, I think it's 25 or 30 pound braid, for instance. Yep. And I'm running just a 40 pound leader. Yep. And, and that... So it's not over the top at all. No. Nah, and you don't need a 40 pound leader necessarily for the flathead. You'd get away with 10 or 12 pound if you wanted to. But I'm running 40 because when I, I'm there to catch. Yep. Flathead isn't a great fighting species of fish yep. in the ocean. In estuaries, when you're flicking plastics on like here, they're great fun. But in the ocean, I'm there for one reason, and it's to eat flathead. That's yep. the reason I want to catch Bring them. them. On board. Exactly. So 40 pound, you get you can flick the hook off them because they're quite spiky, so they're hard to handle. Got my D hooker. You're not going to bust your hook off every single time. Uh, and also, also, being in the ocean, you never know what you're going to catch. The amount of oh, I obviously charted out there for a long time. The amount of thresher sharks we've had take our flatties, and you're on 40 or 60 pound leader, 
gives you a chance to land them. You've got the bycatch of gummies across the bottom. You've got the bycatch of snapper. So it's you're in the ocean. Anything can yeah. happen. 40 pound will nearly cover your backside. You can go up to 60 if you really wanted to. It's getting a little bit thick for the size hook we're using. I just use a size 3.0 Gamagatsu octopus, just a straight straight hook. And uh, the Mako's up and down the coast yep. at the moment. Fantastic. Did yeah, you okay. see the one out of Portland during the week? I did. 200 yep. and uh, Maddie Hunt, 287 kilo, I think it was. Not as interested in catching something that big. It's a big, that's a very good effort. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a big shark. But once again, so it's your consistency in your burly trails once yeah. you get out there. Don't stop it. Just stick to it. Yeah. Do not let it stop. How far out are you starting that drift when you well, go? I started in 30 metres. And I, we had a light northerly, and we drifted out to the 60-metre line. So we drifted for quite some time, but we had a beautiful, beautiful drift. It just went beautiful. But it made sure the burley didn't stop. If you stop, Mako's come up it, get to the end of it, and go back the other way because they're trying to find the end. They're trying to find that dead whale. They're trying to find that tuna that's dead. They're trying to find whatever it is to feed on. So don't let your burley stop. Yep. That's crucial. Also, change depths. Work out the night before. All right, we've got a northeasterly wind. Look at your windy. Windy's a great app, windy.com. It's a great app, and it shows you the arrows of what direction the wind's going to be going. Have a look what direction the wind's going to be going into the land, and then let's be honest, the further you go up from shore, generally, the deeper it gets. So yep. you can use in your mindset of the angles that the wind's going to be to covering contour lines so you're going deeper or shallower, depending on what wind you have. You just want to change depths. Don't stay in the same depth. Don't go out on an easterly wind starting 30 metres and just drift straight along the 30-metre contour line. Try and set it up so you're covering the depth. So I had a northeasterly. I went around to the back of Sorrento on that angle a little bit and I went out from 30 metres to right out to sort of 58 metres we got out to. Yep. So make sure you're changing your depth. It's really crucial with the Makos. And it's up to you if you want to keep them or release them. They're great fun. I reckon they're one of the best species to catch and they obviously taste extremely good too. And like Reese got one. Reese and Tommy got two the other day before 8 a.m. They're only out for a short time. They, always, they started in 25 metres and they got them in 30 metres. So it was just, it, a, it's just a random moment. allotment of mates. Oh, it's one of my favourite things. Around for the you. Like, Reese and Tommy. Yep, a couple of mates. And uh, who were they? Couple of couple of mates. A couple of mates. They, they, uh, they, they, they drifted where the tuna were, where the tuna are at. So that's a big aspect of it. Is and that bite's still strong? The bite is, at times it's good, at times it's bad. Yep. Charters are struggling more than ever in the last five years. It's probably been the hardest year. When I say charters... Is that because there's, there's just so many people now? No, nah, it's for? not. They're just pricks of fish. They're just pricks. <laughs> they're like they're just fish. pricks. They just literally lay there looking at you. Oh, hey, mate, how are you? Yeah, that's good. We're just going to drive by and that's you're nice, not going to eat another that's little a, one. That's a nice skirt. You've got to, how much you pay for that? <laughs> but you I'm not interested in it, but, but I'm sure you dropped 70 on it. There was a couple of posts during the week that were actually charter boats saying, like, if you want a guaranteed tuna, come to Portland. 90 plus percent yeah. strike rate. If you want to come out and have a chance at catching local tuna, we are the people to do it. We are the best charter when they eat. No one's better than us in the world. When they but eat. when they don't eat, we're the worst <laughs> charter in the world. And the thing is, it's not just, and I'm like, this is, I'm all, I'll support everyone that fishes for tuna out here and they can be pricks and like, you can generally pick off one or two, but one or two when you've got 12 blokes on the boat on a, as a charter isn't good, a good bite. They it's, need 24. It, I was so. going to say, it's when you need the, um, you know, a strong supply of greater northerns. Yes, or, or a bunch of uh, people that are willing to jump in with spear guns because that's what they were advertising during the week. Any deckhands that are available that spearfish tuna because it's just a matter of... What was yeah, it when they, they used to... 
how when they used to stand on the bow of boats and they used to go whaling. You know, and they still yeah. do it. I still watch it. Do not whaling, but they chase bluefin tuna on wicked tuna. I watch it all the time on Fox. Not all well, the time. Well, they need on that Foxtel. down. To, maybe that, that's what's needed uh, with the local charter boys around. Patrick, do you, know how many, get close do you know how many times we've had the flying gaff over the side or the gaff gun? Come on, let's go, let's get... Because we're getting back. They're literally looking at it. us. They're, you can pat... They're like pets. <laughs> Actually, where I live in Ocean Grove, they're only about 2K from my house, straight out, so they, they technically are pets, the way they look at you and you, t- <laughs> and you can't hurt them. So. Uh, but anyway, there's plenty more to come in the show. Patrick, where we got coming up? Yeah, we've got a massive show today, catching up with uh, with an old mate that's heading around Australia with his wife and kids. Um, Kyle Hardigan joins us on the show with uh, with his ex football player, yes, ex Hawthorne and Adelaide, yep. uh, with his wonderful wife M. They have sold up everything. They've got themselves a uh, Nissan Patrol, got the van, and they're heading off. Good on. And they don't know when they're coming back. And I think it's, it's oh, I think it's tremendous. It's a it's a great chat. We're looking forward to uh, to catching up with those guys. Uh, after the break, the whip around, we'll find out what's biting in your part of the country. You're listening to Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for the whip around. Thanks to Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. You'll be able to get the jet ski uh, insured, Reb, and that's good. Because yeah, I told you I bought a jet ski. Yeah, you got I still that. haven't paid for it. <laughs> I just, well, I don't, have you picked it up? I just, I actually forgot about it. No, well, it's at my brother's house. I don't even... I'm lost on where my jet ski is at now. I need to actually work that out. <laughs> I haven't used that's, it either. I've been, moving, been, I've been busy. You have been too too worried about bringing it home to Kari and she'll question, where yes. is this yes, jet I am. ski come Yes, from? I am. And you know where the safest place to talk about it is here because she, she doesn't listen to my crap. <laughs> hey, good news for you. Ooh. Well, not really. And just this is going to be our longest report for New South Wales because we've, we've got plenty of This is the only state that you club. care about at the moment. Yes, it's the only state. Well... New Zealand have copped a flogging. Oh my god! So what about this cyclone? Matty Watson's yes. been live on it, and it's so Matty Watson, um, ITM fishing, yes, and one of the most you know recognisable fish owners very, right very around the world. Yep. Um, my god, his house has been hammered. What a beautiful place too! Incredible, incredible. Set up house. on the water, but yeah, that cyclone. Yes, it's nasty. Now, good news for you is. It's affecting the bill fishing in <laughs> New South fishing, Wales. Not the fishing, the swell. We don't know what it's going to do. Right. So they had some um, They had some big ground swell that just gone. I don't know. It, it, people are telling me it's going to cause mayhem. It's going to cause this. I think you're hoping it's it still does. a few weeks away from heading well, up north. Well, one line, week. From, one week. Well, I just under. Know. Six days. So I leave on Friday week. So today's Saturday and we're leaving yeah, under a week. So Aaron is taking my... My... Our... My... <laughs> 750 North Bank bill fishing for a week. You still and got that insured for me? I will make this really clear. That thing better come back spotless. I don't mind if there's a few scrapes here and there, but I don't want a speck of blood in the cabin. Well, I want we, it to we be. Catch and release, unless we stub our toe. No, no, no. I understand that. But it's you Muppets that sit in the cab all day doing God knows what. Like, I want to be able to eat off the, um, off the roof of it. Like well, even the, the even the areas that no one ever Patrick, cleans, it's out in the paddy collecting dust. You can't eat on it. You can't oh. you can't chew through it. <laughs> All right, New South Wales. Right, uh, we're we're going to whip through this now. Mulloway, uh, soft plastics. Uh, they <laughs> lip, lip service. We're going to speed through this, and then we talk shit for two minutes. Just outside of Botany Bay, 
Uh, yes, some, some good jerk shads. Yes, yeah, under a meter, they've been really good. Uh, also, some great flathead taking on vibes during the week in Sydney Harbour. So vibes, but up to ninety centimeters. So they're really big flathead. A lot of people tend to release that side of things, but there's a lot of middle ones too, middle sized ones too. So that fifty. So. Uh, really, really good fishing there for the flathead on vibes. Queensland, the mangrove jack around Bundaberg River have been su- uh, sensational. Redmond uh, three-inch minnows have been the most successful, and you've got some good reports on mud crabs as well. My, f- when I say my favourite, I've never actually eaten one or caught one, but I love the whole idea of it. It looks tremendous, and something I want to do. Colon River has plenty of large mud crabs on offer right now, and obviously they're very, very good to eat. Heading over to the west, are we? Yeah, the beaches between Rockhampton and Mandurah are holding great numbers of Taylor right now. Uh, metals doing their best work around that, and depending, you know, you can work between sort of 30 grams and 70 grams depending on sort of what sort of gear that you're using. Uh, and there's been plenty of hammerheads landed off Mandurah Beach as well. Like, no surprises to anyone in the West that there's been sharks caught. But off the beach, uh, and some good size ones, these are... These, yeah. like, you look at the fins. <laughs> the fin's six foot bloody tall. They're massive shark. You know you can get the heads actually into a skeleton frame? Like, you can actually... Like, if you were to keep it, you can actually get the head and you can get the whole shape of the hammerhead into uh, people... Like preserve it, and it comes out unreal. I'll send you a link. You know, on um, like on Jaws, they show like the movie Jaws. Mm. They show him, you know, boiling the jaws in order to put them on yep. the wall. Most use ants, though, don't they? I, I they put I've them near an ants. ant nest. And Leech the and ants, ants basically eat it all. That works. Or we, I did that bronzy that I still got for you. That's at Robbie's house. <laughs> we did it at Robbie's place because he's got he's on land there. <laughs> that was smart. You didn't want to. Kari would have killed you had you put yeah. that in the front lawn. Yeah. Well. Yep. Along with the smell of the eskies too, but it's uh, yeah, it does work well. Ants work really well; they destroy it. Flies, all that crap, that works really good. South Australia strong reports of big numbers of calamari getting caught around the York Peninsula, land-based and on a boat. So importantly, if you don't have a boat, you head to um, your local jetties, and you're a good chance of getting fish. Adelaide Hills once again, plenty of small trout willing to take a salter, sneaking up, and once again, once that salter hits the surface. Bang, you've got to be reeling it in. There is no time to waste there. And obviously, if you're going to chase them on fly, um, it'll give you more opportunities to fish the same pool over and over without disturbing it. The, the beauty of flies is, is exactly that versus a salter. If you don't get them in the first couple of casts, and the chances are you've disturbed the pool. Tasmania, burning Ooh. to the Sisters Beach. Now, not just burning to the Sisters, they're right through Tasmania. They're right through everywhere, and it's great to see the bluefin tuna, huge schools, right up to that 30 kilo. Same size as we're getting here, same size as they're getting in South Australia. It is tremendous to see how many schools of fish are around our whole nation right now. So that is fishing red hot. Lake Crescent trout are going very, very well. Some big ones. Yeah, over 10 pound, even like fairly, fair bit bigger than 10 pound, but 10 pound has only been the average size fish. Plastics are working, your divers are working, and obviously early morning, late afternoon, those bent minnows in the shallows, they're working really, really well too. Beat was the other one in Victoria. Yeah, you seen me we, during the week. Yeah, I know we spoke uh, off the top of the show around uh, Port Phillip Bay and Western Port, but Beat, I think it was a 13-pound yep. um, Chinook. Chinook salmon. That yep. was a big fish. There's so many big ones in there. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to give him credit because he doesn't need it because his head's big enough as it is. Lee yeah. Rayner and I yeah, fished great, Lee Roy, yes. Lee Rayner and I fished that. I'll say six months ago now, and he said to me, oh, in a few months I'll be bigger. I'm thinking, shut big. up, Lee. No, they won't. They're big. <laughs> he's, he's, he's right. <laughs> Let's that, go to the social club. <laughs> that is the whip around. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. And, and, and are getting a, a bite right around the country. And if you do, and 
please send us in a bit of a report on where you're fishing and, and, uh, and what's tickling your fancy at the moment. Uh, but it is time for the Social Club. We take your questions from social media. If you want to join in the conversation, then send us a direct message uh, and we're happy to answer pretty much anything within reason. <laughs> Just don't make your questions hard. I'll knock off the first one. Oscar, uh, Red, I noticed you're using frozen water bottles uh, to ice your fish down. Why not ice? It's a really good question and something that... Very uh, perceptive. Yeah. I, I actually saw your post the other day and was going to say, this is a really good one to talk about. Ice is great. It works fantastic and it's a great source, of, a great way to look after your fish. And I, I'm not going against it at all, okay? But the reason that I don't like to use it is, the first one is they cost money. Yep. Dumb as it costs money. And, and you, you go out like And you've got to stop yep. in the morning. And get it all. Then you've got a night before, freezer space, etc. Yep. Number two... Is and you're not always organised the night before. It's like, you know what? Let's just go. Patrick, don't even o'clock. say you're not always. I'm never organised the night before. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got a then you've got so for me, I keep old Coke bottles, I keep old milk bottles, I yep. keep water bottles. Whatever it is, I keep them and I've got a designated freezer at home that I literally put my water bottles in. Or half of it is designated for that and the other half squid. And the reason that I don't like it is I don't like when you melt ice, you gotta remember it's tap water. It's fresh water. Yep. So fresh water going on your fish. And I know you mix it with salt, but do you know what is in that fresh water? You've got chlorine. You've got that stuff that messes with your teeth. You've got all sorts of stuff in there that also messes with the flesh of your fish. The fluoride That's the one. About? We'll go don't, with fluoride. Don't you have to so, have a certain amount of fluoride? Yeah, but yeah. Not, not good for flesh of fish. It's, <laughs> yes. It can't just... Imagine that going into the, your food. So you got when you melt your ice down, I know you're putting salt water with it if you're making a slurry, but you've still got fresh water and all that. So for me, I just... It's cheaper. It's easier. It looks after your catch better. And they work tremendously. A solid bit of ice. Yeah, I put cool two of them in my mad fish bag with the white in in the little bag with a bit of water it stay cool for two days like it's, yeah, it's literally yeah. works a treat saves me money it's easy to use I don't need to go anywhere and in my opinion you don't have fresh water and all the crap that's in our drinking water which let's be honest there's probably a lot of crap in it these days <laughs> the world we live in there's a lot of stuff in everything it doesn't go in the meat of your fish because these ice bottles are obviously contained so it's all in, trapped inside of it doesn't leak out of it and you know what the best thing is you get home Wash them off and put them back in the freezer and you go again. Simple as that. Ben, hey boys, do you run teasers for kingfish or not? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Depends on how you're fishing though. Like, talk to to me about that. If I'm, 100% depends on how you're fishing. If I'm running jigs in the rip, for instance, or if I'm just jigging, I'm not running teasers. Yep. If I'm slow trolling liveys around or squid strips 100% teasers the first thing I put in the water gotcha they love well, what do kingfish love they love all, everything shiny yeah. yep. Yep. so a lot of people used to back in the day they used to use CDs CDs was a great one so the old school like old Tony and these guys that fish out of Queenslift they're old, old school what's Tony not using, 70 years old not now? using USBs anymore are you like, no, we, we, I've tried USBs but <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get my photos off them <laughs> but they uh, the CDs they used to work really well they used to make and they used to flash and they've, they used to put CDs in front of their lead lines and all yeah. that sort of stuff to reflect <laughs> these days we've got things called dredge bars hook and make a great one and that's the one that I use and that goes out the side of the boat and it's got say 12 tentacle legs on it and it's shiny silver fish that flash i use them for marlin i actually lost six or six legs on my teaser bar um recently to a mako shark so they they also like eating it (laughs) so they so i had to replace them and order them online and would you believe how expensive six strips of 
silver flashy laminate stuff is, Patrick. It's unbelievable. (laughs) I think it's like $15 for a meter strip. They're making a profit of $18. (laughs) But it's, uh, it's, it, they work really well. Even um, daisy chains and flippy floppies on the surface. Kingfish love action. They love shiny stuff. And in my opinion, it's a great, a great thing to use when targeting kingfish. That's the social club if you want to join in the conversation. And make sure you send in a direct message to any of our socials, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Uh, you're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. It's now time for All Aboard for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear. All in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. Our special guests today, it's the first time this has actually happened. It is a husband and wife duo, Kyle and Em Hardigan. Morning, guys. Thanks for coming on. I actually forced you to do it because your first stop on your trip away around Australia is our front yard. Yeah, it's a beautiful front yard. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> the backyard's even better. Now, Hardo, we played together in Adelaide. You were rookied in 2012, missed out on, I think it was a 2009 draft. Is that right? Nine, 10, 11. <laughs> yep, all three. <laughs> yeah. Cut your teeth. Uh, in the VFL, you get rookie to Adelaide where you're going to play uh, over 100 games and you join Kyle. You were dating before being drafted and then you moved to South Australia together. Yeah, well, I actually moved a year by myself um, to live with the great Richard Douglas. But, Dougie, uh, and yes. Then, um, because I wasn't sure how long I'd be in Adelaide for and, um, and then M joined the year after when we bought our first house. And you end up being in Adelaide for eight years, uh, like I said, playing over 100 games. When you reflect back on your time in Adelaide, both of you, what are your memories? Are they fond memories about the, the time there and your time in the AFL in Adelaide? Yeah, I think um, we had had some amazing ups and some pretty low lows that uh, I think you were a part of as well. But, um, yeah, like a, it was just a great experience like um, to move into state um, play, live out a boyhood dream of playing footy was was awesome, and and um, to make you know a, a little uh, start our family over there. So we got some really fond memories. Um, yeah, and our friends became our family, like meeting you guys and everyone else we connected with through the footy club. Yeah, definitely. And then obviously, like footy point of view, like you know we played in a grand final and that didn't work out, obviously, but. Um, yeah, it was an experience, and and that's all you can hope for. And we, we, you know, life's made up of plenty of experiences, and we're on the wrong side of it on on grand final day. But um, yeah, and then we also had obviously different stuff that went on <laughs> post that. And, uh, yeah, it keeps coming up about the camp, and um, I was part of the um, the Barossa training <laughs> training in group of 10 uh, or something you, like that. Which so, was illegal at the time. Yeah, well, it didn't help me anyway. So <laughs> I could have trained in a group of 50 and it wouldn't have helped me. So, um, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I, I had, like I said, some awesome ups and some really low lows, but it was um, it was great. You know, we um, made some great friends, had a lot of great experiences and um, we loved our time there, And uh, but it was time for us to come back to Melbourne after 
after eight years, which is it's been good. So let me take you to last year, the final year uh, of your time in the AFL and at Hawthorne. Are you planning, because ahead of you at the moment, is to hit the road and basically travel around Australia. Are you planning this at the time, Em? Are you, are you looking forward to, okay, if, if footy finishes, what are we going to do as a family? What's our next adventure? It was probably about mid-year that we were starting to think things might change for Carl's career and one night we were both laying in bed and I kind of said, I've been thinking about something and Kyle said the same thing and we pretty much finished each other's sentences thinking that um, our plan should footy be coming to a close would be to pack up and go on a new adventure and just take the weight off Kyle's shoulders and give him a little bit of a break for a while as well. So footy finishes, and it's one thing I think to have these emotions and and have these discussions, but it's another to actually follow through with it and go, you know what, bugger it. We're just going to do it. We're going to buy a car, buy a van, saddle up and hit the road. And that takes you to this point now. I know you've had a big couple of weeks, big fella, just um, tying everything together in a practical sense around the vehicle. Obviously, M just keeps everything else in check. With the family. All the important things, choosing the linen for the van. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go through, okay, we're doing it. Then what's the next process? You've got to find a vehicle, you've got to buy a van. Yeah, so, well, we, you know, you have to work through your finances and make sure you, you got enough <laughs> money to spend? do something like this. And, uh, like, I think that's a big thing when you're, when you're leaving a footy environment. Obviously, you earn some money that you're probably going to take a pay cut and... Um, moving to the next chapter and a lot of people worry about what's next and do I need to get a job and what job is that going to be and the fear of unknown but yeah and and you said something that I loved last night your first night down in uh, beautiful mogs around not being tied up with comparing yourself to what other people are doing and I think that's such a great message to live your own life and forge your own path rather than conform to these people have got this and I should be doing this post-footy. This is just doing it your own way. Yeah, and I think, speaking about COVID as well, like that gave us a lot of, lot, uh, myself, a lot of time to spend at home with the kids. And um, I've got two young kids, uh, Hazel that's three and, and Henley that's one. And um, yeah, it just gives you a bit of... Um, em, M's got them as well. Yeah, um. they're, they're our kids. So it um, gives you, I don't know, just a different perspective on life. And I, when I was coming to the end, I was like, well... Why conform to going and getting a job, working nine to five? I want to be able to... But it's never nine to five, which is the conversation that we had a lot, I suppose. Um, I I just want to, you know, try and make my kids, our kids um, into, you know, good people and and have a really close bond and build a really good relationship with them. And I think from the time that they're young, that's when you can make a really big imprint on them. So, um, yeah, we said... bugger it like let's let's just do this and um yeah and we've followed through on it so it's it's a little <laughs> bit scary but um not knowing what you know we we might never come back we might we might be gone for two days who knows we might <laughs> yeah. turn around from mogs creek and go home but we don't have a home to go to because we sold our house and um sold our cars bought Plenty one of car here, bought, right? a, bought a <laughs> van yeah I'll, I'll just move in here so um yeah then yeah so so yeah, now we're we're he- heading off and heading west, and um, the Nullarbor will be a challenge. But 
we'll get through that with a couple of young kids and, and then yeah, see most of um most of Australia and I'm sure it'll be a great experience and uh yeah, who knows where from here. So the practicali- practicalities rather, uh the vehicle, what is it? Yeah, we've got a Nissan Patrol Y sixty two. And the van M? Oh, I actually can't pronounce it. It's a Carrera iVenture 3. Now, how did you settle on this? In terms of the size, like what's important when you were planning, we're going to be on the road for 12 months, what do I need to live with? What practically can we tow and where are we going to go with it? Yeah, so we wanted to um, be able to go and not stay in a caravan park all the time. Um, So off-grid? Off-grid, off-road. So we wanted to do some beach camping and camping by rivers and that sort of thing um, and have, yeah, enough battery power or solar and that sort of thing so that we're able to do those those sort of remote locations and, and not s- stick to the, you know, the same old path. Um, so, yeah, we, um, we, I, used to, I used to have a uh, Toyota Hilux, but we've brought our dog Ollie along with us as well, so he probably would have roasted in the outback in a canopy. <laughs> so um, we chose to put him in the luxury of the... Um, the aircon in the back of the um, Nissan, so and it's a bit more room, a bit more legroom for us. Um, plenty of power. Um. Are you going to get behind the wheel, Em? I don't think I'm allowed. Um, when we got our new car, two weeks later, a bus ran into me. Which well, that wasn't your fault. I know. Or was it? <laughs> if you could share that information with Kyle as well, that would be fabulous. <laughs> but no, it definitely, um, it definitely had an impact on our plans and our time frame which also when it came to choosing a caravan um, we were quite limited with the choices we could make based on how quickly we needed a van yeah so in regards to the question you were just asking we didn't actually get everything that we had wished for in a caravan based on settling for what was going to be ready in time for our trip trip yeah 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 Yeah. so once we hit the Nullarbor Surely, Em, it's just like you're just driving two thousand. Like, what is it? Is it two thousand straight kilometres or something? Something similar to that that you can just get behind and really cut Happy your to teeth give there. It a crack. Happy yeah, to give it a crack. We actually haven't planned that out yet. Um, <laughs> and this, this is, is a great point. I love the fact that you haven't planned every single week or every single day. You haven't been planned next to nothing, but the freedom to just go and travel is that. You driving that, Kyle, Em, is that your planning or lack of planning and just let's just see where it goes? I think we want to be able to be fluid with the whole trip in the sense that if we really like a place and it's possible to stay longer, then we can and we do. But if we are not loving a place or there's a reason that we want to move on, we can. Um, And also we do have certain places we need to reach at certain times of the year so it's kind of a little bit of filling in the blanks but a little bit of structure so we're kind of hopefully going to get the best of both worlds and um, originally we'd planned one night here but we're already here you're, for a you're second right, night. Your so. over. <laughs> what, what are you nervous about the trip because obviously both you're not caravaners this is the start of it you will be experts in another couple of months time are there any trepidations around the trip or is it just excitement around heading away? Uh, a little bit excited now. It's been a busy couple of months getting everything sorted, but especially never, ever being in a caravan. 
Let alone what's important to living in one. Driving one or, yeah, so, um, yeah, there's a little bit of trepidation about figuring out what buttons to use and (laughs) and that sort of thing, but I'm sure we'll figure out that on the road. But, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited just to, yeah, just enjoy the moments and, um, I don't know. Limited responsibilities. Yeah, just having to worry about what we're eating. Not not so much worrying about what we're eating in a footy sense when you had to watch what you ate, but yeah. um, because so much it, of what your life is 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 um you know it's governed by a schedule. Yeah, so now there's no schedule other than oh my tummy's rumbling, so I'm <laughs> I'm gonna have to get a bite to eat. So um and just look after the kids, but I think uh, probably the biggest challenges um will be. Well, might not be we're not sure yet but we're going to be spending a lot of time in a really confined space with with each other for a long period of time so how are you going to deal with him for that long well we've spoken a lot about hopefully having open and honest communication so just if one of us need a break from each other or the kids there's no judgment you've got a sign that says off (laughs) we just just yeah tap out we need a break and if it's three days in a row so be it if it's once a month so be it but We'll, we haven't implemented that yet on day two. <laughs> so we'll see who's the first person to yeah ask for some some space. But hopefully while we're sleeping in a confined space, like Australia is going to be our backyard. So yeah. hopefully we're outdoors a lot and, um, you know, we can spend one-on-one time with the kids because we're not outnumbered from a parenting perspective which I think will be really special for the kids and also for us. So trying to focus on what it's going to add to our lives yeah, rather uh, than how it's yeah going to be different, I suppose. I know the answer to the question, but because I've asked it, I have already knowing my answer, but the, the conversation when you tell people on what you're doing and their response generally being, oh, what an incredible thing to do. Yeah, best thing you'll ever do. Ninety nine percent of people, except for my mother, <laughs> will say. And the people that have done it, that's what they say. Best thing you'll ever do, um, and, which gives you reassurance. Yeah, uh, but the people that haven't done it, everyone you speak to is like, "Oh, I wish I did that." Regret. And that's what, yeah, and that's because you were like, saying well, not waiting till you're sixty to do it. Do nah. it. Do it while the kids are young well, and you're it. fit. Yeah, before they go to school and. We'll probably do it again when we're 60. Well, potentially if we enjoy it, but... If you survive the trip. Yeah. Um, but it will be a different trip. So this one, like... There's no there's right or often, wrong. It's yeah. just what we're choosing to do. So, but to everyone that was like, oh, I wish I did that. Oh, just do it. Yeah. yeah. Simple as that. Before we finish up, because you've got to start your trip at some point, uh, is there any advice that you have in the setups that you've got? Where has your information come from? around planning your van, what is in it, the car, YouTube, socials, what is it that's that's sort of got you going? Uh, yeah, from the car um, and van perspective, like we went to the caravan show and, and looked at a number of vans and stuff, but then it came down to uh, is this going to be available by the time yes. we want to leave? So that was hard at the moment. So if you're preparing, then look, look ahead because a lot of people are booked out for a few months but um i think the biggest thing for us is just safety so you buy we i didn't know when we you know you look at cars and they say oh this has the ability to tow three and a half ton you don't realize that 
the effects of a toe, toe ball weight or yes. a, a yep. GCM, GVM and all these things. I was like, what the hell is this? So I was doing a lot of research, talking to people, four by four experts, going to, going on YouTube and just researching that sort of stuff. And um, yes, what does GCM stand? Okay, uh, yep, righto. Yep, I'm over there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, like I, I think uh, – and then – we had to put a lot of money into the car to make it yep. like safer, and that's it's not just buying it off the sh- off the rack and then away you go. Nah, so we've put like airbags and um, heavy duty springs and and that in the car to make it being able be able to tow a van at a safe um, a safe way instead of you know putting like my my family at risk. Yep. And M, what about the van and decking it out? Uh, we followed a lot from Trip in a Van, which probably a lot of people are familiar with. They are kind of the OGs in that space. They've been doing it for seven years straight now. So um, anything that they have, we know, has been tried and tested. tested. Yep. And so far, um, so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're looking forward to uh, following. I know my wife and I have discussed this at length around this is one of the, the things that we certainly want to do. And once again, where those people are saying, we're going to do it. It's about following through with it. You are doing that. Uh, good luck. And we're looking forward to following your adventures. And no doubt we'll be calling in and hopefully things are still going as smoothly as they are today. Thank uh, you for having us. It's our first us. stop. It's been yeah. the best Hopefully we have stop. reception because we're not logged on to your Wi-Fi when we leave here. <laughs> <laughs> Red's Review for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au It's now time for Red's Review, our product review of the week. What do you have for us? Now, obviously, moved new house and I'm getting organised from the get-go. And I sent you a photo. Yes. I FaceTime you during the week or the week before. And, and for those that have never been, which is pretty much everyone... Never been to Aaron's shed. It um, it's organised chaos. It, no, no, no. It's it's disorganised chaos. <laughs> and I, I know must, where everything is. I must admit, I was incredibly impressed with how your shed has been set up. Don't look at it at the moment because I've pulled more boxes out. But oh, I'm, no. I'm being oh, no, no, I'm being everything's organised. So I went to I spoke to the boys and. They said to me, we're, not, we're getting the shed organised. The boys, I've got a very good group of friends, Kano and Lockie in particular for this instance. Because they you said, say to them, just get out the so-and-so and then they open up the roller door of the old shed. And it's there. And it is honestly, yep. it is like you've set fucking 400 squid in there. Do you know how many squid, jigs, sma- I, do you know how many squid jigs I found during the week? <laughs> hundred, over 150. That's not a lie. That is not a lie. 150 brand new squid jigs. So what have you done to organise this <laughs> new shit? So I've got... So on one side... So standard garage. Standard garage. Yep. I, I paid $2,800 for what I'm about to tell you. So it's a little bit pricey. Yep. But for me, it was worth every dollar because organisation from the start for me is what I need. It's called Racket <laughs> and it's from Bunnings. So it goes up... The first side, we, got, we call it Kari side of the shed. And then this is the stand, our standard garage. Kari side of the shed, which is where I've got the racket. And on one side, on, on her racket, it's just all her tubs. It's just like, when I say her tubs, it's all our household stuff, Christmas, camping gear. She organises the family, yeah. yes. So yep. would you call it Kari side? I don't know why it's called Kari side, but for some reason the boys have called it Kari side. And then on my side, I've got a thing called Ultimate, which is the Ultimate range from Bunnings, which has a, 
a piece, I guess, like a tackle store looking display. Yes. And, the, and, it, and it's attached to a bench. So the bench is a beautiful wooden, it's laminated on top of it, but it's it's actually very nice to look at. And I've got drawers underneath it. And this is the ultimate range of bunnies. And in total, all of this has costed just under three grand. Yep. 2,800, I think it was. And quite expensive, but very, very organized. And you can peg these, peg all your fishing gear. You can see exactly what you've got. I think I've got maybe six boards of fishing gear. So I've got quite a bit of stuff up there, plus boxes full, but obviously. But you can see it. I can, so you I'm, don't I'm get not lost. Co- You can see a lot of it. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm actually heading home this afternoon to get stuck into it a little bit more. So it's a time process of going through boxes because you end up getting distracted. Oh, what's this? Oh, weed killer. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, I've found so much stuff I didn't know I had, but this stuff is fantastic. It's pricey it's organized but it's not crap yeah it's good quality it's very good quality and yep. you it's heavy duty yeah so like we've got so much weight on this and we, we opted instead of the ply we opted because <laughs> we don't know what's going to leak out of some of my boxes patrick let's be <laughs> honest so we opted out for the cage display i guess so it's like it's yeah yes. it, it, well how it's just that what would you call it the mesh sort of look on yeah. top of it so we've yep. gone for that stainless look Clever. on it and it's yeah it's worked really well Racket under three grand to do my shed, and that's probably on the higher side of things. As in, I've got like the whole Kari side done and my side, so very good stuff, quality, and it's something that if you should look at if you are uh, trying to organise something. That's Red's review, our product review of the week. That was Red's review for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer, and gear all in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Welcome back to Real Adventures and it's now time for Red's Tip. And Patrick, I'm going to pass it over to you because let's be honest, we know you bought a caravan (laughs) (laughs) and you're about to go talk about a tent. No, I'm not talking about a tent because caravans have uh, extended awnings. They do. But what I uh, have found, I put out a bit of a post on, you know, what are the things that you should buy yep. when purchasing a caravan? What are, what are the great accessories to have? And someone sent through screwing pegs. and I was, mm, Screwing pegs? What yes, do you mean by that? screwing pegs. And then, so I looked it up and I'm like, screwing pegs, right? Um, and what they are, rather than when you get to a site, and some of the sites around the country, they're pretty much concrete. <laughs> screwing pegs are exactly that. They're screw versions of pegs. So you have your drill. So everyone carries a drill now when you go camping because you're um, stable. Ryobi. Ryobi. Right, cool. It's our would, pitch. It's would our would pitch. you have anything other than a, than a weekend warrior Ryobi? Um, so you put your, you know, your um, stabiliser uh, legs down on the van, and rather than having you know your your socket set that takes fifteen minutes to do mm. one stabilizer bar, <laughs> bang, the Ryobi comes to the rescue, and we spoke last week on our uh, on our little adapter for the sockets, so you can plug into the drill. Um, but when you when you're setting up that uh, awning or you've got your tent, mm. what look up and search for screw in pegs. I am telling you, they are absolutely phenomenal. They'd be tougher to come out of the ground too, wouldn't they? Like as in, you know how you often get a bit of wind and they pull out or... Exactly. And these are thick things. And they're not, they're not cheap compared to like 
pegs, peg, yeah. quite obviously. Like hex pegs there about. Would you just get four of them as such, I guess, for the corners and then run cheaper pegs in between? Or you, could abs- you could absolutely do that. Yep, yep. So it depends on how much you want to spend. You can, I reckon BCF the other day had them when I was in there, like 15 for maybe 30 bucks or something like that. Um, and I think the, the brand was Hex. And bloody fantastic. Before I let you take the gaff away, where is your first camping trip in the van? It Have was you got in, anything organised? Uh, well, it's going to be just like an overnighter. So what we're thinking at the moment is probably the, the Cumberland on the other side of Lawn. It's got a beautiful river that rolls through Just down it. the road just to get used to it. Yeah, great access. No, and I think no when phone f- service. No phone service. But when you're first getting into caravanning and camping and you're new to it in terms of trailering, like start small. When we had George on from, from Lotus last week and that was his first tip around trailering and the, the trepidation around all of a sudden taking a box that's, you know, three tonnes. Well, I'm glad you started small. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most contradicting <laughs> comments I've ever heard. So I think you deserve the gap. <laughs> start small and um, and build up from there. What I meant was start small as your caravan's like, bigger than my house. <laughs> start small as in the trip length. So you can buy a big van, but drive like <laughs> so have your first trip like fifty k's, or you know keep the whole thing under a hundred. You know don't travel for, don't travel for seven hours up the. Up highway. the highway and, and go Malcoo Don't go around to, Australia to straight away. Exactly right. <laughs> what have you got for us, Patrick, with the flying gaff? You've you got about 25 seconds. Go All right. On. It'll be very short and sharp and it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek but a little bit not. Um, the great crocodile hunter, Steve Irwin, yes. would be spinning in his grave because the gaff this week heads to, uh, to his young son, Robert Bobby Irwin, who is now modelling. You would think this, <laughs> yeah, right. this bravado of, you know, the croc wrestling family, iconic in Australia, obviously Australia Zoo, probably the most, you know, the, the, the best zoo in Australia. And all of a sudden, Bobby Irwin, he's, he's, he's not leaving Rob, his... Not Robert. Robert, yeah. yeah. Robert, so he's, he's Bobby. I didn't know it was Bobby. I've only met oh, him. I only talked to him as oh, Robbie. <laughs> I've never met him. And I've <laughs> never heard anyone refer to him as Bobby. But Robert, surely it's Bobby. Maybe it's his modelling name. It might be. Bobby. Uh, anyway, he's heading down the modelling path and he's, uh, he's working with Hard Yakka. We love Hard Yakka, great. Oh, it's sort of appropriate. No, it's absolutely appropriate. Yeah. But just imagine the great crocodile hunter Steve. I mean, times have changed over the past, you know, 20 years. Imagine Steve wearing it. Well, remember, remember um, watching the crocodile hunter and there, yep. was a, there, was a surf, there was a surfing episode and he's gone the full khakis and he's kept the boots on to surf in. Remember, remember it like caps. it was yesterday. Bloody <laughs> sensational. I know some other bloke gets stirred in something stupid too. <laughs> I think so, you had a Santa so, suit on so, once, didn't you? Well, well, it might be tongue-in-cheek, Gaff, goes to, uh, to Robert Irwin. When you were saying Bobby before, I thought you were talking about Bindi's partner. Sorry. I don't, know, I don't actually know what his name is, but I just that's what I was going on. No, he fronted the cover of, uh, of Stella magazine, and it was Robert Irwin, as you've never seen him before. Give us a look. You got it there? But perhaps appropriate that he's, you know, he's rocking hard yakker, so uh, a, a tongue-in-cheek gaff. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, this has been Real Adventures. We'll see you next week.